even though in a product like Google Maps that's so mature, um, the only way that we can really make bigger steps is by, by innovating. What people are, who they are, and what they want in the world or, or what there is out there, then in between that intersection is where you can innovate. You may have heard about uh, Crazy Eights, which is just, you do some quick sketches in eight minutes and, and everyone does, has their own take on how to, how to solve the problem. Today, I'm thrilled to interview Cyprian Tofa. He works as a UX designer at Google and more specifically on maps in the search and explore team. His job is to create experiences digitally that will lead to other experiences in real life. But prior to Google, Cyprian also co-founded Fleek. Fleek is the first smart discovery platform to browse fashion created from all your favorite brands all in one app. In today's discussion with Sip, we are going to explore his relationship to design, his experience working on Google Maps, and his tips to innovate and be more creative. So let's get started. Hey Sip, I'm so happy to have you here. How have you been doing? Great, great. Thank you. I've been I've been hearing uh, you know so much about this podcast you've been making and, and I've been keeping up to date, so I'm excited to be here. Man, that's so good. And so where do you talk us from? Like, are you in New York? Are you? Yeah, yeah. So I'm actually at the office right now at Google in, in New York. So cool, man. So happy to hear. How is the, how is the office so far? I heard so many good things about the office in New York and at Google. Like, how is life there? Um, you know, it is great. There's, there's some uh, free snacks, which is always nice. Um, good vibes. Um, it's actually a huge office. There's about 14 floors now, so and they're expanding. So they're definitely um, not staying reserved in terms of making it quite quite an office. Oh my god, it feels like everything has been designer huts. That's all the floors are like have different design as yeah. well. So now I think that today's episode is really going to be about how Google leverages design in their operations to create value. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I'm so excited to have you here to tell us a little bit more about the inside story. So maybe we can start by the first question, which is what does design mean to you? Yeah, so to me, um, design for me has always been a way, right, to intentionally influence um, the lives of others, right? Through creating, you know, meaningful and useful experiences, right? So. So this can be any type of experience, as we were just talking about, right? The experience at work, right, is uh, each floor is designed differently to cater an environment for people to work better. Um, or, you know, if you're working on apps, um, you can create experiences that can really add value and, and make everyday things um, easier for people. So for me, it's really about just influencing the lives of others. Yeah, no, totally. I really see design as well, like this horizontal layer that can be applied to so many different roles and industries and operations. And now I'd really like you to talk a little bit more about what you do at Google. So I know that you've been working on Google Maps. Mm -hmm. So what does it look like so far? Yeah, um, definitely. So I'm a UX designer um, on the Maps team, specifically on Search and Explore. 
So it has everything to do with uh, pretty much it's in the name, right? So when you search and uh, when you're just exploring on the map, what, how can we really um, help you find what to do and, and get you places where you can actually uh, connect with others in real life? All right, so that's really what design is about for Google, creating this experience and making the community large, kind of like empowering all the community, all the community of users that Google right, gathered. Exactly, um, and and I think what's so important is that in, in the focus at Google is really about um, designing tools, right, that that are helpful for people, but through those tools is how people have been able to uh, connect. So, so that's, that's really what we're focusing on, and, and especially in maps, is, is it's about creating experiences digitally that then lead to uh, other experiences in real life. And so I'm like, I really feel like a power user of Google Maps. <laughs> I love the app. I have so many lists and things that are like, you know, already because yeah. I read before. But you know, I lo- like a really affectionate Google Maps. <laughs> and I'm like, how with design, mm-hmm. do you, can you really make Google Maps even better than it's already mm-hmm. is? Yeah, yeah. So I have seen your save list. It is a next level. <laughs> so <laughs> very impressed with it. Um, but so, yeah. So how can we make Google Maps even better? So one thing that's interesting in design, right, is that there's always better. You can always iterate and make um, the design that you currently have better. You can either improve the product itself. You can add different things that may serve um, different types of users. You may be able to make it a little bit more accessible or, um, you know, for, for different countries, focus on, um, on different use cases that, that might be best. So um, how we're really working on improving Google Maps right now is by, one, leveraging um, leveraging kind of the insights that we have from users now. And, and right now we're really focusing on U24. So what that means is under 24, the Gen Zs, as you would say, like you and I. <laughs> um, okay. uh, so, so right now we're really focusing on how can we um, create this digital experience that um, goes along with how, how people are, are actually exploring the world now. And a lot of that has become more digital, right? Um, and a lot more social as you know, you've seen on these social media platforms like Instagram, Snapchat, mm-hmm. a lot of these experiences are going from um, digital platforms into real life. So that's, that's really where, what we're trying to do is um, doing that, yeah. And yeah, that's awesome. And I feel like you're already doing such a good job. Um, but what I'm thinking is like, so you base all your, all your work on like, customers feedback and like how they use the product and like what they tell you about it so i feel like google has so many users how do you prioritize like the next future that's going to be developed really can you like say all right this is the feedback that we really want to work on and that we want to no that's a great question um so yeah google is very user first right so um, whenever we're developing features it's about understanding the user what the user might want, and uh, how we can leverage kind of the uh, the tools that we have and the resources we have to cater to those needs. Um, so, the couple steps that it goes is that we'll assume, right, um, as designers, or it starts mm-hmm. very um, 
at the lower levels. So <clears throat> designers, software engineers, product managers will have an idea, right? We'll have an idea of a feature that, that may work well, right? And that, that could add a lot of value. But just having that idea without the validation um, and without actually talking to users doesn't really, um, isn't enough on its own, right? So that's where we mm -hmm. do a lot of research um, going into it is we have especially UX researchers that we work with that go and actually talk to users. And, and we do a lot of studies um, to try and understand which ideas are actually most important to users. Um, because that's one thing as a designer mm -hmm. is oftentimes I'll be like, oh, I think this is a great idea. You know, I've been working in design. This must be, um, this must be something that could help people. And it's been... Yeah, exactly, that exactly. Not really. it's, it's, um, it's humbling, but it's also part of the process. You can't assume that you're right. Um, you have to actually talk to users. So that's how we prioritize is, is we speak to users, we put several ideas in front of them, um, and, and through mm -hmm. that then we will um, iterate on them, create prototypes, go back to them again, and it's this iterative process where we're just refining based on what the users are actually saying um, might add value. I've never been interviewed. I've never been contacted <laughs> by Google. But if you want like a, like a feedback, <laughs> like a user feedback <laughs> on your product, and like prioritize, call me because I would love to Sounds do good. this. <laughs> so it's somehow based on like these managers' ideas. And then they're going to reach these customers, like kind of like mm -hmm. the target audience. And they're gonna build the products with them mm -hmm. and prototype exactly. and exactly iterate. right. Is that correct? What I love about kind of like UX design and like being in a larger organization as well is that it's not only about design; it's also about design thinking and all the process of like how we're gonna make something mm -hmm. that really matters exactly. to the users. So I already asked you what does design mean to you, but if you want, if we want to take it to the mm -hmm. Google's perspective. What really like design thinking gonna look like in Google? Is it gonna be like iterate, prototype, go back to the users? Like what's kind of like the methodology that is used yeah, normally? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think it's uh, again, it's it's all it's all centered around the users, right? So um, what's interesting at many big companies, right, is that they'll have management that says, okay, we need to build uh, this feature because it's going to you know, increase our business metrics by such and such. Um, but what's interesting at Google, the time that I've been here, is, is that it's very bottom-up, actually, right? So it begins with, um, you know, maybe junior designers or some software engineer that had an idea. Um, and then the idea actually stems from there and in, in what we should create. And as soon as that there's, there's that idea and that there's some some conviction towards it, um, that is when we'll take that idea and actually go test it out. So us designers will create some quick mock-ups, some prototypes, and, and go, um, go directly to users with our researchers and say, look, this is something we're interested in building. Can this actually add value to your life? 100%. If something mm -hmm. adds value to the user's life mm -hmm. and that you start working on it, how, how do you really gonna advocate your design to the managements? Like who gonna make the decision or like, 
this is gonna go to this mm-hmm. to the engineering team, and this is gonna be a feature that's gonna be developed. And how long as well is mm-hmm. the process between the two? Between like, oh, this junior has an idea, and it's actually right. gonna be in <laughs> right. our hands. Exactly. You know? <laughs> that is that is the the uh, the main thing in this whole process, right? Is is which things are actually built in the end? Because a lot of people have ideas. Um, everyone thinks their idea is something that could help and add value. <laughs> um, so the way that um, the kind of the process for that is one, you you try and test your idea. First, you have to convince the researchers that are already very busy um, that they should test out your idea, right? That they should go to users and, and see if this is something that, that could even be worthwhile. So it actually is... <laughs> So it's like an internal dynamic, yeah. dynamic within your team. You need to pitch right. your idea to your colleagues. And exactly. See it's, if they it's can a help lot you. of, um, well, one, if you have an idea, that's great. But it's not about just the idea. It's, it's, it's about who can get behind your idea, right? Like, I think you were the one that told me, right? Like, uh, what is that quote? It's like a dream that we dream alone is just a dream, but a dream that we dream together can become a reality, something like that. Did I yeah, get it right? That's, that's a good one. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad okay. remembered. Okay. Yeah, well, exactly that is right. That's completely applicable here, right? Is like you might have a dream for this feature that you think will add a lot of value in your own Google Maps and your friend's Google Maps, but um, without getting the rest of the team behind it, it's just going to stay an idea that floats around. Um, so you really have to convince, and that's that's one thing as a as a, a designer in general is you're not only spending your time in Figma, you're spending your time creating presentations to, uh, to show that those designs could be something that add value. Um, so once you get your immediate team around it, right, you can test these ideas. Once we get user feedback and where we can actually see metrics of this many users have actually um, thought that this was a good idea, that's one thing that Google can leverage a lot is that um, they can test in numbers. So a lot of it is it's statistic driven. Um, and so from mm-hmm. there, once you have proven that, then you can present that to the leads. Um, and the leads then can see, okay, not only has this tested well, but it can also um, work well towards our business goals. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, like I'm so curious about how how is the team structured in your department? But first, let me just ask mm-hmm. you something to make it super clear. Like Google, Google's purpose mm-hmm. is still to make money. But I kind of feel like all the features are based mm-hmm. on the user's experience. So does the design mm-hmm. team have, have a different goal? Does like a better user experience mm-hmm. going to lead to more revenue? What exactly is your goal? Do you have these strategic objectives of the companies? Like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to develop this feature but they're actually going to go towards the direction of right. like making more money as a firm. No, that's a or not at all. question. I mean, I think that that's one, one thing that is important to understand in terms of creating digital products overall is that first you create the experience. And once you have an experience that's worthwhile is when you know, monetization can come, when, when you can actually create other things of value that people would want to be there for and pay for, right? Um, so, so that's one thing that I've loved working on maps, for example, it's, it's really focused around the user and how can we create the best experience possible without having 
monetization be top of mind for us because that can actually distract us from creating the product that um, that is for the users in the first place. Um, so I think one thing that um, that I've seen also working on Fleek and and other other products as well is that the ones that have worked the best and that in the end make the most money and, and in the end uh, create these really valuable products for people are the ones that always from the beginning focused on the user and focused on the experience. So so that's that's kind of um, that's my take on it is that the experience comes first and the business goals mm-hmm. go hand in hand with the experience, but they do not necessarily always drive um, drive what you're creating. And do you think that at one point there's gonna be this moment where like your design not gonna be able to move forward because you're gonna need some kind of monetization mm-hmm. that you have not included? Like, how do you find this tracking balance between having a really good design and making something that right, also makes absolutely. money at the end of right. the day? This, this, this is the, these are the real questions. Um, so I think, I think it really depends on the product and the position in which you are when creating this product, right? For example, a startup, right, in the end needs some sort of monetization to keep going. Um, so the design, you're designing a product, but in the end that product needs to make money so that you can sustain, sustain what you're creating. Right. Um, so that's one thing I Google, for example, is that like maps has some monetization and some strategies there, but it's not the same as Google cloud, for example, or, you know, the ads platform, which is really focused on creating that monetization. And that can, that monetization on that side Um, can and that revenue on that side can actually make it so that we can make other products such as Google Maps, which are f- more focused on the user experience in general. Um, so I think that one, it depends on the uh, the position in which the company or the business is, um, because a lot of times you have to incorporate monetization in the design. Um, so, but I'm still mm-hmm. very much so an advocate of if you create a good experience in the first place, that experience is something that's adding value to users. And that value can then turn into um, a monetization strategy. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like that's totally the challenge that mm-hmm. Twitter faces at the moment as well, where like they have no clear business model and that, you know, Elon Musk <laughs> right. wants to redefine the force a little bit. Um, but um, I'll... Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be funny to see. But what I'm what I really understand as well from what you said before is that the role of Google Maps is to create like a virtual platform to right. empower people in real life. And I kind of feel like this mission in itself is so far away from right. like a cash making business. And I feel like it's great because they're making right, cal- right. they're making cash elsewhere. And so I love the mentality of like you know, being a designer in this large firm because you have nothing, mm. because because it's so large, you kind of like nothing to worry about but designing and right. creating Which, true value for the user. Yes, yes, I think that, Would you agree that with that? it is super empowering to work on a product like this. But um, it also depends on your team, right? Because sometimes you are not only designing something that's 
um, fair user user first, but a lot of times there's like things that you're designing such as um, dashboards, for example, for ad platform where where you're just these are things that are necessary and that need good design as well. Um, but they're really focused on how are we creating a value that can then increase our own revenue. Um, so so it's it, it depends on the product, right? Not and depends on the team. I get that. And so I think we totally forgot about this mm. team question. So let's get back on it. So how is exactly your team structured? Like what are the different people in your team? How big is your team? How kind of like what what are the dynamics yeah, between definitely. the members? And the um, so I work with many really talented designers. Um, well, there's not that many designers, but there's uh, definitely a lot of software engineers, product managers, uh, UX researchers, I was, as I was talking about. And we all work really closely together. Um, because as I told you kind of before, as, I, as we were talking about, it's really bottom up, right? So you have to work really closely with your team. Um, and that's your immediate team. Mine is around maybe um, eight people. Um, one other designer, several software engineers, two product managers. Um, and so we, so the software designer, like the software engineers are inside like your core team, like really belong to you. Yeah. So what's interesting is that, um, for each, uh, feature or each, um, I, I would say like piece of the product, there's probably one or two designers, right? Um, so for example, on search and explore, we have probably five or six designers, um, and probably closer to 30 software engineers. Um, so, so, and what's important is that we work super closely with the engineers because one, we have to know what we can actually build. So when designing, you not only have to keep in mind, okay, are we making this functional? Um, are we making this look good? But it's, are we making something that we can actually build, right? Um, so we have to work very closely with the software engineers and also with the product managers to make sure that we're keeping business goals in mind and keeping product product goals in mind. So it's, it's all very connected. Yeah, do you feel like you already designed something that no chance to be created uh, by these software engineers? Something that was like not possible at all? Like they were like, what the fuck? Absolutely. What are you doing here? Um, I would say the majority of things I design. <laughs> um, a lot of it is when you want to be innovative and when you want to create things that are new, um, you have to make design a lot. You design a lot of different ideas, come up with different solutions that even though in a product like Google Maps that's so mature, um, the only way that we can really make bigger steps is by by innovating. Most of my ideas um, I end up mocking up and then are like, okay, there is no chance we're going to make that. Or they'll be like, oh, yeah, this is a great idea, but um, probably in 10 years, you know, so... <laughs> And so yourself, how do you really nurture mm-hmm. this innovation mindset? 
do you have i don't know like do you mm. i know that some people are gonna be journaling every morning some people are gonna be drawing some people <laughs> needs to do sport like do you have like a ritual or like something that you feel yeah, like is helping, um, is helping think, your creativity i think for me it's really um people i think it's it's talking to people like like right now talking to you um and 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 hearing kind of the experience of others on the podcast right it's i think it's the culmination of experiences not only thinking about design but thinking about um you know experiences in your own life when you go out places or or when you experience something in a museum or when you run into someone in the park and they they tell you about their life and their experience these are all things where you start learning about what people are who people are and and what the world has to offer so when you combine what what people are who they are and what they want in the world or or what there is out there then then in between that intersection is where you can innovate um and so i think that's where the the ideas um start coming in that's such a great answer i love that um Maybe another question about your team is how is your role different mm-hmm. to, for example, a senior uh, UX designer or like a lead designer? Who are they going to yeah, work yeah, to? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, all in these a kind company of like Google, there's a lot of layers. There's a lot of layers, right? I have a manager. That manager has a manager. That manager also has a manager, right? Um, but the way that it goes is that um, I am on one of the more starting levels, right? I go as a designer. So um, my manager is more as someone who's helping guide the product thinking as well as making sure we're doing everything on track. And I think over time, as you um, design longer and, and as you stay at Google, you become a, more of a manager as well, making sure that the design thinking always stays there, but that it's more about getting the product where it needs to be. Um, so that is one thing that's interesting is as, as you move up in terms of, uh, you know, different levels and becoming a manager, you spend less time, um, directly in Figma, right? Creating all the assets and mockups. Um, but you spend the same amount or more time, um, in design thinking, right? And seeing how it's going to work across the other roles too making sure that there's that synergy across the team. And so how exactly is it somewhere that you see yourself in a few years? And how exactly mm-hmm. are you going to develop these skills? Do you feel like you become a better manager by designing and like understanding how mm-hmm. the whole designing, operationally speaking, works and then move to what, like, you know, move, move up the hierarchy? Mm-hmm. Or yeah, do you feel no, like, a, I don't know, what's your I mean, plan? That's something I've been asking myself recently too. Um, and I think that, well, one, I think that being at this management and uh, like at that level and, and being a manager, I think that you can add a lot of value in terms of influencing the product. Um, but for me, I like being more in the weeds as in um, I like really being hands-on, which you can do as a manager, but I also like uh, being across different um, different functions. So, so for me, I think that's more catered towards a startup environment where I'm, you know, dabbling in 
uh, not only the design, but the code and saying, how are we going to market this? How does it all come together? Are we still aligned in our strategy? These things are things that I think I am very passionate about as well. So um, we'll see. We'll have to see. But I think for me, it's it's I, the this corporate life and this corporate um, uh, role that I have right now as a designer is something where I'm learning a lot. But I think I do see myself more in a multidisciplinary role, um, you know, in a startup or or something where I can uh, influence other functions and you've already created like a fashion platform <laughs> and i can't wait to talk about it off the record as well it's so impressive the work that you've done with fleek and uh no genuinely and how you really like embedded design from day one into what you were doing like the product that you released that's why also <laughs> it's also it has also been so trendy but maybe just before just before to finish the podcast um, so you say that, for example, the role of your manager was to guide the product towards the realization mm -hmm. of your of the product itself and to match the deadlines. I know, for example, mm -hmm. that Google is really famous for the sprint methodologies and also others that maybe I'm not aware of. Can you tell us a little bit more about like how are these methodologies, yeah, frameworks absolutely. really coming into play um, when it comes so, to yeah, design? Yeah, that is one thing that I do love um, doing here at Google is is the sprints are so, so useful because you, when you're in a sprint room, it's not only designers that are, that are all in the room together, you know, sketching and things like that. You also have software engineers that will be invited to the sprint. You have product managers. You have some researchers. You have one guy that usually works on total backend things uh, but is in this sprint because it is still helpful. Um, so what I love so much about Sprint is that you get so much input from all these cross-functional partners um, and to get kind of a holistic idea and, and a holistic approach towards solving a specific problem. Um, so, so kind of one thing that we do, for example, is you may have heard about uh, Crazy Eights, which is just you do some quick sketches in eight minutes and, and everyone does, has their own take. On how to how to solve the problem, um, and at the end, you see that wow, you know this this product manager, this software engineer, had kind of some similar ideas, but they went about it so differently. And the designers here had their own thing, and but it has some overlap also with the product manager. So that's how you get the overlap, and that's how you can really start understanding, um, you know, how how to best approach it. Um, so, so yeah, that is, it's a, it's a strategy that I think works great and not only in big companies, but, you know, for startups or, or anyone who wants to, um, see several angles of a problem and, and possible solutions. Yeah. How many people do you think mm. needs to be in this room for it to be representative? For example, being in Google is like so useful because there are so many employees mm -hmm which comes from so many diverse, diverse mm -hmm. backgrounds. So we make, we make it like a really inclusive product. Mm -hmm. For example, if tomorrow you go back and work on Fleek and you're like a small team, how are you really going to feel like this is actually like inclusive and mm -hmm. bringing new yeah, ideas and a, innovative ideas to I the table? I think that um, it does help when you have more perspectives, right? But if you're a team of founders... And, um, you know, you have one 
design founder, you have one that's, uh, you know, uh, more technical founders and, and maybe one guy who, or one girl who works on marketing, um, right? If you can get all those perspectives into the product thinking and the design, the, in the design thinking, putting those things together is going to create a more valuable product. So it doesn't, basically it's as many as you can get, right? Um, if, if you're in more of a startup setting. Um, at some point, it becomes complicated if you have too many people because then seeing the overlaps between people becomes uh, a, a lot more difficult. Um, so, but, but what I would suggest is if, if anyone is, mm-hmm. is creating um, a product and, and wants to um, take a more holistic approach to it and, and understand the different sides of how to create it, I think it, it, it's very useful to to include everyone that you have even on your team. 100%. Now I'd like to talk mm-hmm. about your experience as a co-founder for Fleek mm-hmm. and the fact that, for example, if you would have done something differently, how mm-hmm. would you have done it now that you're more experienced coming from Google? If you needed to start this whole project again, how would you approach the customers? How would you gather feedbacks? Mm-hmm. Would you use crazy aids or sprint mm-hmm. methodologies like really to kickstart your project? <laughs> but this, all of this <laughs> is going to be off the record. So I think we're going to cut the podcast here and we're going to keep chatting and all the content that we're going to all the, all the content about Fleek going to be included in the newsletter. So make sure to subscribe. And thank you so much, Sip. Thank you so much for having me. And, and as always, I mean, this, this podcast is just the start of, um, you know, spreading, spreading the love and spreading the, um, you know, the passion for design thinking. So I appreciate you. Cyprian has yet so much more to share with us. For example, Fleek's founding story and how he has leveraged his college experience to start a thriving marketplace. Also, the role and responsibilities of a design founder. How to design a product for women when you are three male co-founders. Also about how do you decide to pivot and ease transition from being co-founder to UX designer. If you want to find out, subscribe to my newsletter on Substack and you will also find the highlights of this discussion and so much more. If you love the podcast, spread the word. Word of mouth truly matters. If you like it, tell your friends. It could be anyone from a friend to a colleague to your mom who is passionate about design. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next Wednesday.